right, should we just get started then? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, well, welcome <laughs> to No Hugging, No Learning. It's the show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we're going to be talking about The Briss, which was Season 5, Episode 5. But before that, we did have uh, some homework to get to. And I found a lot of, there was a lot of interesting stuff about the sniffing accountant. And I think, I think that's pretty much it. The, the, there's a lot of trivia about the sniffing accountant. Okay. But first, as far as the homework goes, okay, so I recognize this lady that attacks Newman at the mailbox. And I was like, I think she might have been on the Drew Carey show. I, I wasn't <laughs> able to confirm that. But her name is Patrika Darbo. And the reason she looked familiar is because... She played a former co-worker of George's at his old real estate job in season two's The Revenge. Oh, my God. Do you remember? God. He wants to sit next to his boss, and she's like, uh, she's like, no, I'm, I'm sitting here. And he's like, if you don't move in five seconds, I'm going to rip off your wig. And she's like, I don't wear a wig. And he goes, one, two, and then she moves. Do you remember her now? I do. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. That's so what a, do you think? Is this is this a case cut. of? Wow. I know. Is this a case of Seinfeld, uh, the production crew, double dipping with an actress that they know can deliver a performance? Or do you think it's she's playing the same character? Oh, man. I would love for it to be the same character, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. You see, the, the way the Wikipedia article wrote it, the way whoever edited that, it says the lady that had the coat on the Newman rubs his fingers at the mailbox is Glenda, a former co-worker of George's, blah, blah, blah. So they just straight up took the liberty of saying oh it's the same character uh, <laughs> which in reality i mean we we're gonna see uh, it's interesting in the last episode we're gonna see a character reappear not playing the same character they played in the sniffing accountant oh boy um, okay so they, and and, I, and i'm pretty sure that um it's been pointed out to us by twitter people and stuff that you know we've seen certain characters reappear and, and stuff like that in fact mm -hmm. i think someone um oh we have a long twitter message from um somebody that said something about Rance Howard, and we're going to see Rance Howard again, apparently, oh, yeah. which I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so that was really the, the the only other homework I had was the candy bar, and I still haven't looked that up. So, oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should we just do that live right now? Get 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 it over with? Just watch the, ep the Hulu episode? <laughs> yes. We're going to pause the episode right now, and we're going to watch the entire Hulu episode right now. Uh, no, I'm just going to look it up on Google, see if I can. Kramer claimed that he once found Dwayne all hopped up on cinnamon swirls. Uh, George <laughs> attempted to get the discount. Uh, Kramer named Dwayne's yada yada yada. Uh, yada Dwayne yada, was yada. played by portrayed by Tim Stack. Oh, that's always been part of my vocab. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. I don't know how. Um, <sighs> it, it doesn't mention anything in his wiki sign article. No, that's, what, what candy bar he's threatened with. Man, that, that's the content I'm looking for. Yeah. All right, you know what? I'll, I'm just gonna we're, we're just gonna have to actually look at it. it. It's it's homework again. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. It's, okay. it's homework again. I All just right. didn't have time, and I'm I'm tr yeah. I'm trying to clear our load of homework here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here's some other interesting things about the uh, the last episode. Maybe even a couple before that. I don't think so though. Uh, in real life, I guess apparently Jerry Seinfeld has claimed without proof. That his accountant stole money, about $50,000 from him, to buy illegal drugs. Oh. With his suspicions, thus inspiring the main plot line for this episode. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, my God. I had no idea this was uh, at least loosely based on something real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Larry David actually worked as a bra salesman during his years as a struggling comedian. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, when you look at, you know, 1980s Larry David... I can't imagine anyone buying a bra from that guy. I just yeah. really can't. Oh, good lord. <laughs> uh <-huh>. uh, 
Uh, Kramer's display of simultaneous drinking and smoking in this episode was unscripted, apparently. On the first attempt, Michael Richards let out a loud belch with smoke that earned <laughs> that, that got him uproarious laughter from the studio audience, but was deemed too broad by the show's producers. Oh, and man. They, and they did a second take, and apparently they say this scene helped Michael Richards win an Emmy for his uh, portrayal of Kramer. <laughs> the first take was seen in so you can see that first take with the burp in Seinfeld's one hour retrospective The Chronicle which they played before the finale you know they'd always do like a clip show oh, okay, before okay. the finale of shows and stuff like that so and it's an on the uh, 2005 season 5 DVD sets blooper reel and Julia Louis-Dreyfus has said that she was in awe seeing him pull off drinking and smoking at the same time oh my god I need to see this first take I, I, yeah, need, yeah. I need to see this yeah, I mean, I, I was. Uh, it, it's it's a you know, it's part of Seinfeld. It's just one of the greatest hits. You know, I mean, just yeah, that for scene sure. is, is is awesome. <laughs> uh, the mohair sweater that Kramer is wearing in the bar and that Jerry wears earlier is the same sweater worn by Miss Sokol's daughter in season three's The Boyfriend Part Two on her second date with George. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the unemployment lady whose daughter George like pretends uh, to like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, my god! It, it was her sweater. Did you well, say it was her sweater? Or? It's the same sweater. I don't think in Seinfeld, in, within the universe, it's meant to be the exact same oh, sweater. okay, okay. Because Jerry does say it was in the back of his closet, but um, hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't remember how that second date ended. We could write some sort of fan fiction where George ends up taking her home. She leaves the sweater with George. You know, she leaves the sweater at George's house after, Maybe, a, yeah. after a tryst, <laughs> and then George somehow, it winds up in Jerry's, the back of Jerry's closet. Because George doesn't want it. Maybe he stashes it there or something. Who knows? I mean, it's plausible, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is uh, interesting, too. George is reading an issue of Glamour magazine at his parents' house. I think it's during the scene when they're yelling at him or something. Um, but that's the magazine he was reading when he was caught, you know, masturbating uh, in season four's episode, The Contest. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that he still loves Glamour magazine. <laughs> that's all I got. Okay, uh, I I don't have anything for homework, but this popped up in my Twitter feed uh, earlier this week. Someone had done a stand-up set as 1993 Jerry Seinfeld, and I had no idea this was a thing. But, Tim, you know that Jerry Seinfeld, as like a 38-year-old man, was dating a 17-year-old? Uh, it sounds familiar. Is that the same person he's still married to? <laughs> it is not. Oh. Uh, I, I don't think so. But, like, the, he was 30, actually, he was 39, and she was 17 when they got together. Wow. And uh, th- this guy's stand-up bit was I- incredible, to say the least. Because uh, <sighs> he's like, what's the what's the deal with girl girlfriends always complaining about homework? And he's like, well, what, what's, the, what's the deal with girl girlfriends' parents always being the same age you are? <laughs> and it was uh, it was very good cringe comedy. But I, I looked That's it hilarious. up. I looked it up and had no idea this was a thing. But yeah, Jerry Seinfeld dated a girl who was 21 years younger than him. Uh, wow. like, like 21, 22 years younger than him when she before she was 18. Like he courted her before she was 18, and then boom, she turns 18. Oh yeah, we're definitely dating. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's very uncomfortable to say the least. Well, yeah, I mean, um, that Dane Cook is also either dating or married to someone who is maybe even more uh, removed from his uh, age. Is Let he really? See. Yeah, yeah, it's something pretty crazy. Like, he's 
He's like 50 and she's 26 or something like that. Uh, he is uh, he's 47 right now. Jane Cook's 47? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she's 27. So, you know. Oh, God. I, oh, I wait, mean, no, I'm sorry. She's 19. She's so 19? It's tw- yeah, it's a 27-year age difference. Oh, yeah. God. He's 46. She's 19. Yeah. Also, also, remember when Dane Cook was popular? Ugh. Oh, yeah. I freaking loved Dane Cook. I probably <laughs> would still laugh at his first two albums. I mean, they were, you know, no one was doing that at the time. It's kind of like with Seinfeld. You know, it's like that observational humor. I always call it the Velvet Underground effect because yeah. I heard that, like, you know, they always say, like, the Velvet Underground sold 10, um, 10 of their first album, but everyone who bought that album made the, you know went on to make a band that was also influential you know um and it's like well now it doesn't sound special but back then it was you know so i don't know i i i, I will never i can't turn my back on how much i actually liked dane cook back when um his second album came out yeah but, i mean i'm i'm the same way but like yeah. he he just really kind of fell off the face of the earth didn't he yeah oh yeah yeah totally i mean he he like it was a meteoric rise i mean the guy just like he, he was playing Madison Square Garden as like his second gig ever. You Honestly, know? he was is what uh, it seemed like. I feel like he was uh, like not in the the way of scandal. He was Louis C.K. before Louis C.K. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, Even though Louis C.K. was still doing his thing when Dane Cook was around. You know? That's true. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, Dane Cook largely just I, I he didn't fall off the face of the earth for any reason. It's just. It, like he didn't get canceled, he didn't get me tooed. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of stopped putting out albums. I think. I don't I, see. I think he's just been working consistently. Uh-huh. I just think that um, he, you know, we all just got tired of it. You know, we all moved on. You know, we like I, I blame us, the American consumer. We consumed him, and then we were like, all right, on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, we we had we had our fun two months with Dane Cook or whatever it was, maybe it's even true. a couple of years. It, look, and, it looks like he's still doing shows. He's still doing oh, I'm sure. dates. Uh, he hasn't done a movie in about 12 years. Actually, no, I stand corrected. He did uh, 400 days in the year 2015. Huh. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I never saw him as a, a movie. I, I would venture to say he probably didn't see himself Ooh. as a movie star either. <laughs> it, it sounds like no one really went and saw 400 Days. 4.4 on IMDb, 22% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> um, well, and, th- and then there's uh, Dennis Quaid, of course, who is 65 and is engaged to his girlfriend who is 26. I did see that. Oh, <laughs> God. So, yeah, a nice uh, near 39-year age difference there. See, I, I, I feel like... I feel like Dane Cook's relationship with a 19-year-old disturbs me a little more uh, than Dennis Quaid's relationship with a 26-year-old because the 26-year-old woman is uh, uh, eight years removed from being a minor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dane Cook's girlfriend is, uh, I I think I read, she's 26 years his junior. Yeah. Or, or he is 26 years her senior, and it, I, they were 19 when they got together, I, I think you said. Uh, right, and, and right. And that's, um, that's, that's kind of pushing it, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's just two years removed, yeah. <laughs> Should we get going with the episode then? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's everything I've got. Uh, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. Uh, listen to the full thing. We uh, we like to do a we like to do our homework the, the week after. After, as though we are assigning it to ourselves, as though you just heard. Uh, if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet, send us an email at nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. I think I just combined those, actually. At nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description.
description. Uh, if you just want to ask us like questions about like what I- I'm thinking about the episodes or like what Tim is thinking about them, like watching them for the first time in a, a long time, send us those. Send send us questions. Send questions our way mm. is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we do have something in Newman's mail sack. You alluded to it earlier. We yeah. will get to that at the end of the show. All right, season five, episode five, The Briss. Uh, original air date October fourteenth, nineteen ninety three. I was nine months and twenty four days old. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry and Elaine agree to be godparents to a couple's newborn boy, but they're apprehensive about the duties they must perform at the baby's first religious ceremony. Hmm. It's, a, it's a long one, a but long I don't one. hate it. I I don't hate it, but it's uh, it's too long. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll see what we can do with it at the end of the episode. We start with a stand-up bit as usual, and this one's about how if you're sick, uh, they always tell you to lie down, I guess. This is interesting. Uh, Jerry does some stage work here that he doesn't normally (laughs) move around this much. You know, they're like, he says something about, no one ever says, uh, oh, you're actually not that bad. Go ahead and just lean up against a door jam for a couple days. (laughs) And he actually, there's a a little part of the stage that is open, a door jam, and he leans against it. We don't normally see him engaging that much with his surroundings. Yeah, you don't see Jerry block his jokes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so he's like, well, unless you go to the ER, then it's, you have to sit down. Um, you don't have a seat over there. Whatever it is, bullet wound, whatever. Um, and then he he goes off on I think something that we, we kind of talked about this recently. How like the jokes have been truncated like into digest form so they can fit in these little mm-hmm. interstitials. And this seemed like maybe the beginning of a joke. I didn't know where it was going. I, I kind of got a oh boy when he said there's a weird cultural mix of people at yeah, the ER, isn't I, there? I was I like did. oh no. <laughs> I did the exact same thing because I, I, I paused it to write down laying down in the hospital, sitting down in the ER, and I caught yeah. the, yeah, there's a there's an odd cultural mix. I'm like, Jerry, where are you going oh, with this? Oh, no. Oh, no. And please don't. He, he, I don't know. He's like, he compares <laughs> it to a local news team. Um, it, it didn't get in bad territory for me. It did it no, for you? No, no, no. 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 It was but, like there's the old guy who's been there forever, the doctor with the white hair. There's, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really... It didn't really work, but at least it didn't go anywhere undesirable. <laughs> I, I definitely thought it was going to, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, the white people are in charge, of course. Oh, uh, that's no. the way. No, Yee, Jerry. Jerry, no. Why? No. <laughs> um, so we open in a hospital because uh, we had just had stand-up about a hospital. Uh-huh. And um, I got to say, this is one of the... Um, in recent memory, one of the episodes where the stand-up is connected most to the events surrounding it, I felt like. You know, like the, where the the plot of the show where Jerry's talking about whatever happened that week on stage was really obvious, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because the stand-up wasn't that great that I'm like, uh, I guess <laughs> I guess he couldn't really get any good material out of this week. But <laughs> we open in a hospital and, uh, you know, the, uh, Jerry and Elaine are there and George is there and um, Jerry and Elaine are, are with friends and... They're describing the birth of their new child, who was also there, in great detail. Oh, the, like in-depth detail, like too yeah, much yeah. detail. Like Jerry's disgusted, and Elaine <laughs> is over-exaggerating her interest because Jerry's like turning his head, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, oh," and Elaine is like, "Oh, wow, yeah, wow, okay." Yeah, it's nothing anybody wants to hear about. No, you know, it's, it's, it's just it, yeah, not it's in gross. That, not in that much detail for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the child is breastfeeding too, which is also making Jerry uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you know, your friend's breast is hanging out. What's the big deal about that?" You know. Um, and I, I did like this. Um, I forget who says it. I think it's uh, the the 
dad, the new dad saying like, he's just sucking away. Look, take a look, you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. And, he's like, yeah, just suck, suck, suck. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, uh, you know, how long do they do that for? He's like, oh, a couple of years. And then you got to do the weaning. Like, oh, you got to oh, wean. Oh, yeah. And then we, everyone we says our, wean about 30 times. Our first buzzword of the episode is wean. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since we've had one of those exchanges where they just find a funny word and they say it over and over again. You think so? Yeah, I, I can't think of one because normally we point think, it out, and I can't yeah. think of one. It's uh, yeah, it's been a few episodes. I, I can't yeah. remember what the last one was actually. Uh, George is not engaged in any of this conversation because he's looking out the window because he got <laughs> a great parking spot, and he's been having such great luck with parking. And he wants, <laughs> he thinks that's the most important thing that has happened at the hospital that day, not the birth of their friend's kid, <laughs> but, but no, that he, he got a great parking spot. He, he's so incredibly proud of it, he, and he keeps bringing it up too. And, yeah, yeah. And you can tell, like, the first time we see him mention it in this episode is definitely not the first time he's mentioned it to Jerry and Elaine. Because oh, they're, yeah. they're already sick of him mentioning his parking spot. Oh, they've been hearing about it since they parked, I'm sure. You know, on the ride up and walking to the hospital room. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kramer, meanwhile, is also there, but he is lost in the hospital because Jerry gave him the correct room number, but Kramer remembered it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're um, they're in room thirteen ninety seven, and Kramer's looking for room nineteen thirty seven. So he he just kind of transposed the the three and the nine. Yeah, yeah. And he gives directions to the elevator to a guy um, who all, who ends up being chased by hospital staff, and then uh, Kramer ducks into I think room nineteen thirty seven, and just decides to steal a sandwich. Just like <laughs> opens the you're in a hospital like. Things have germs. Like I, I just can't believe yeah, even really. in the name of free food, you know. And I love free food. I'd do anything for it. But a, you're stealing someone's meal, and b, it's a sick person who may have touched it. And yeah, it's yeah, just... and it's free hospital food too. So yeah, like, even even if it's completely sanitary, no yeah. one's touched it. There's no bites missing out of it. It's hospital food. It's not Bingo. that great. Yeah, and uh, so then he then he also decides to just pull a curtain that has been closed, which. <laughs> You know, if, if that has happened in a hospital, probably just let a doctor or a loved one enter that part of the room that has been closed off by a, I don't know why, <laughs> you know, Kramer is doing this, but then he, he sees something very disturbing. It squeals. He, he and he yells, that's a pig man and, uh, and runs out of the room, uh, back in the other hospital room where the new family is, um, D- Myra and I don't even know the guy's name. I don't think we get it till much later, but, uh, the new dad, they want Jerry and Elaine to be Steven's godparents. Jerry immediately does his Brando impression because anytime oh, God. anyone mentions the godfather, yeah, and it's <laughs> you so, have to do a Brando it's impression. It's so bad. His, his Brando <laughs> impression is so bad. I thought it was okay, but maybe that's because it's so similar to mine, you know? Don't go against the family. <laughs> I, I, I know I have a bad one, and I think that's just me saying Jerry's is bad because I know mine is so bad. Yeah, and I, I think mine is bad, but I like to think that it's good because it sounds like because it sounds like Jerry's. Yeah. So, um, like if that's Jerry's, then mine is good. <laughs> uh, I I think you and I are kind of like in uh, opposite boats because I figured out that the guy's name, the dad's name, is Stan, but uh, I I didn't know the mom's name until much later in the episode for some reason. Un- until they mentioned it again, I think actually at the Briss. Uh, yeah. So so it is Stan and Myra. Stan and Myra. Where did we? Where did you hear Stan? Uh, I don't know, but I, I had it written down early enough. I said Stan huh. wants to ask Jerry and Elaine something. So I don't know. I don't know how I I heard it. Maybe it was because I, I watch it with the captions, and uh, Jerry might have said like, "Oh yeah, Stan, what's up?" Whenever like uh, they, they were asking like uh, Jerry and Elaine 
uh, like right before they asked him to be godparents, he's like, oh yeah, we got to ask you guys something. And Jerry says something to the effect of, oh yeah, Stan, what, what's, uh-huh. what's on your mind? That, that might be it. I'm not entirely sure. Right, right. Uh, so Kramer runs in. Uh, he's now found the correct room and he's yelling about the pig man that he just saw. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, one of the important, so, you know, Jerry and Elaine are all excited about being godparents until they find, you know, they ask what it actually entails and, Stan, I guess, tells him that it's assisting with the bris. Uh huh. And Kramer is appalled that they're going through <laughs> with the, you know, circumcising the kid and the tradition, and compares it to human sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, uh, people are milling around George's car because he still can't stop staring at his parking spot, <laughs> and they're all looking up. And then the gang realizes that there is a jumper on the roof. It's the guy that Kramer told where the elevator was. And he immediately jumps and lands on George's car. And I, I got to point out, uh, we've had some very, very bad like sound effects and like uh, so, some very bad acting in recent episodes, especially with uh, the, the dog bite. That, that, yeah. was, that was an awful scene. This was a great sound effect. Like uh, the, the only thing that could have like the, the thud of the yeah. guy landing on George's car, it sounded like it was far away. It sounded like it was thirteen floors below them. Uh, so I, I, the I think the only thing that could have made this better is if you hear uh, like crowd murmuring, like get louder and louder, and then yeah. instantly hush. Yeah, like, or that, hu- uh, like hush or that with part. The thud. Um, what's that? I, I know there's a name for it. That famous scream. Ah! You know the crowd oh, going. The, ah! in the movies. Wilhelm scream. See, I thought the Wilhelm scream was more of a. Ah! It is, yeah, yeah. What, so, what, what I, I know that crowd of? thing has... What's that? What scream are you thinking of? Where the whole crowd goes, ah! Hmm, I don't... I'll t- maybe I'll, tr- I'll try to find it and put it in this episode. <laughs> right here. <laughs> All right, and then and then maybe I'll put that out for homework to see if it actually has a name uh, yeah, the, later on. The, the only famous scream I really know is the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, that yeah. That and the... What, the, the Wilhelm scream is... Like you said, it's the... Uh, it, it's more it, like one guy. Yeah, it, Wilhelm screams like one guy, right? It's, it's short. It's shrieky. It's like yeah, ah! yeah. But uh, th- there's, there's one of the whole crowd going <gasps> like shocked noise, shocked mm. crowd noise. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've heard it. Yeah. Well, if you listen to this episode, you di- you just heard it. <laughs> Not you, Ted, but somebody. I'm gonna try to remember to do that. I probably won't. you probably won't. It's okay. Probably won't. So now in uh, in the apartment. Jerry's apartment. Jerry and Elaine are talking. Elaine has to find a moyle, uh, and that is the person that performs the circumcision at a bris. And Jerry actually has to hold the baby while it's going on. Uh, and so they're both talking about how they, you know, pretty much don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then Elaine asks Jerry if he's ever seen one, and Jerry has not, but Elaine, Elaine has. has. Yeah. And he says, "What'd you think?" And she shakes her head like, no, 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 no. You know, like kind of a, no, no, no. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, it had no face, no personality, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> George comes in and his car has been totaled. And he, he's like, he's incensed and he's angry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, someone's going to pay for this. You know, someone's responsible for it. Yeah, he said, and Jerry, uh, he said it's going to cost more to repair uh, the, the roof than the car is even worth. Yeah, it's totaled. Yeah. 
And uh, and he's like, you know, someone's gonna pay. And Jerry goes, you're screwed. And George goes, I know, because he's he, he already know, you know, he's gonna fight for it, but he already knows he's probably on the hook for it himself. Uh-huh. Kramer enters and says, yeah, uh, with a yeah, and, um, <laughs> and a uh, slams bump. the door. Like, Huge he, applause like he for Kramer. His fist too. Did you catch that? He did what? He pumped his fist too. Like uh, no, I didn't know. He's like that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know the yeah was very emphatic. Well, I, I know because you can't see me and no one listening to this can see me. <laughs> but like he also like, uh, it's almost like an air uppercut. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yeah! I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a newspaper in his hand and the hospital has received funding for DNA research, which he considers proof that they are making pigmen in the hospital. <laughs> And George actually sees a silver lining in all this, saying that, you know, if there's a whole race of pigmen running around, he's going to look better. You know, this is only going to work out well for him because, you know, the a woman will be like, well, at least he's not a pigman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Jerry points out that, you know, uh, plenty of women will still be into pigmen and, and date them and stuff like that. <laughs> um, Elaine has, is fed up with the conversation and uh, leaves and, and goes off on this long, like, I'll tell you what record the rest of the pigman conversation for me and i'll listen to it next time i'm over here or something like that and what she's is, like really hard on them she is yeah uh, i mean it's it's kind of deservedly so yeah uh, yeah but like what what does jerry uh say about this to george he's like women be like uh <laughs> uh he's like oh yeah that little pigtail just really gets me going or something like that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like that. That will be someone's fetish. I oh, mean, for sure. So that you know, that's that's what Jerry was saying. But you know, uh, I, would George want to be involved with someone whose fetish is pigmen? Probably not. <laughs> so I think George is probably still in the same boat. You know, but Jerry's like, now it would take a bunch of women off the table. You know, so the the odds would. I guess the odds would even out. I guess is what he's saying. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> and then Jerry asks George if if he's ever seen. Uh, an uncircumcised penis without so many words, but uh-huh. I mean, that's what they're, uh, you know, he's, and George said, yeah, my roommate in college. And Jerry goes, what'd you think? And George goes, I got used to it. Yeah. Which what was, does that mean? <laughs> that's so hilarious. Well, I like just that, you know, I, like I didn't see my college roommate naked at all, yeah, but me neither. Yeah. But, um, I guess, you know, maybe he had a, he must've had a roommate that was, you know, you, you do change in the same room and there's a chance you're going <laughs> to have to spot something, you know, like as much as you can avoid it, it's like, all right, well, I got to get dressed. I just got out of the shower, whatever, you know, True. you just stop worrying about it. Cause it's like, well, we're both dudes, whatever. Um, <laughs> but so he must've just, you know, the first time it was a shock. And then by the end of that year, or maybe they lived all through college, he was, he was, it wasn't a shock anymore. You know, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like I got used to it. You know, he saw it so much and like, <laughs> Eh, I got I got used to it. Eh, it's just normal occurrence. Yeah, I got used to it. Uh, back at the hospital, they're looking for Pigman. Jerry and Kramer are running around <laughs> looking for Pigman, while George is, uh, uh, you know, we find out trying to figure out who to talk to about his car bill. But I love uh, this is a hilarious bit where he's like, "I don't see any Pigman. Normal human, normal human. Oh my god! Oh, it's just George, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh my god, Pigman! Oh, it's just George. Uh, uh, you caught yeah. like the the jump cut here again? No." Oh, man. It's like right after uh, Kramer says, the anguished oink of Pigman cries out for help. And then <laughs> like Jerry is saying something. And then there's a cut. And it's a lot like um, a couple couple weeks ago when we had that really bad jump cut where it just shifts a few degrees to the left and Jerry continues talking. Yeah, it was actually the last episode, the sniffing accountant in the oh, bra salesman the accountant. That's right. office. Yeah, um, and both of these episodes are directed by Tom Sharona, so he's getting sloppy in season five. Man, yeah, very sloppy. 
But so George has to go down to uh, see the administrator, and Kramer wants to make sure that when they leave, they're going to have room to give Pigman a ride. And then they argue about whether or not Pigman would give George a ride if he needed one, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and in the hospital administrator's office, um, there's a lot of uh, so like these are the some of the darkest Seinfeld jokes that we've had. I mean, just just a, the person jumping off the roof and that being played for comedic effect because. George is not like, oh, my God, a man just ended his life. He's like, my car, my car, you know. And then yeah, in this yeah. scene, the fact that he jumped past the children's wing and they all thought it was a flying man. Oh, my goodness, a flying man, a flying man. And then splat um, are, are pretty dark. It, it's uh, it's very morbid for sure. Very like like edgy. George kind of dances around. You know, he's, he is trying to be respectful of the fact. Well, not not really. He's trying to feign respect for the person whose life just ended because we know he doesn't really care about it. Yeah. But, you know, he starts dancing around the compensation for his car and the woman, uh, the administrator, shames him for trying oh, to yeah. profit well, you, off of this guy's death. You caught, like, what what he was trying to do, right? He said, like, it, I just can't help but think that if I had a convertible, this never would have happened. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. So, I thought that was his way of, like, kind of dancing around it. I thought he was just trying to get what his car was worth. No, I, I think he was trying to get the hospital to buy him a convertible. Oh. But, <laughs> but, but, he, but he does say, like, you know, but, you know, I, I never bought a convertible because I'm bald. And then she goes, well, I know plenty of, of, they get off on like a tangent of, I know plenty of bald guys that have convertibles. And he's like, well, you know, they were, they were hats. And he's like, then everything gets pressed down and, and, but then he can kind of moves on. So it's possible that I, I didn't pick up on that, that maybe that's the way she took it. Cause I only took it as like, he's not trying to profit. He just wants, maybe, I don't know what his car costs, you know, I, cause uh... it sounds like George doesn't like convertibles. That's true, but also, like, when has him being bald ever stopped him from doing anything else? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, totally. I I, I'd be interested to hear, like, anybody else's take on this. Like, did, like uh, if anybody thought, like, George was trying to get a convertible, or if he was only trying to get, like, the value for his car. Yeah, yeah, because he did pull out the receipt, you know, the, the estimate, I mean. That's true. Uh, that had his car totaled, so that's, uh, that's kind of what he wanted. What he would have done with that money when he got it, you know, probably buy a new car, maybe a convertible. At that point. Maybe. But, Who knows? Yeah. Uh, in room 1937, the pig man is gone, and Kramer corners a doctor uh, and keeps asking him where he is, and you know what I'm talking about. And the doctor gives Kramer uh, some lip service, basically saying, oh, uh, he's been released. And Kramer lets him go, but knows that the doctor is lying. He's lying. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, this doctor this doctor had no idea like what Kramer oh, was no. talking about. Not at no, all. No, no. He just wanted to be released from his grasp. <laughs> uh, and, and then and then Kramer walks off. Uh, then we're at the Briss, and Elaine and Jerry are still complaining about what they have to do. And I love this. I can't believe this isn't a – this hasn't entered, like, the best Seinfeld quotes or the best um, concepts from Seinfeld, but level jumping. They're level jumping our friendship. We don't even know them that well. Jerry was just on a softball team with Stan, and Elaine yeah. hangs out in the stands with Myra and talks, and, like – then now all of a sudden they're godparents to their kids. That's yeah, like this is this is a really good concept. Like the yes. I, I mean, even without it being tied to Seinfeld, like this is part of like modern culture. Uh, I yeah. mean, 
I, I, Grace and I are kind of in this. Like, I feel like I try and level jump like friends that we have all the time because like she'll have a coworker that'll like start dating someone and I'll be like, oh, can, can, look, we need to go like double date. We need to go get breakfast <laughs> with them. We need to go get brunch. We need to go get coffee with them. And I'm just like eager for us to have more like friends our age, like around here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, now that, uh, now that we have, uh, some friends that are living back here that like have their own house. Uh, it, it's a little less so, but for a while when it was like just us, uh, living like in, uh, in the, the, in Erie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, mm-hmm. and every, like all of our college friends were like elsewhere. Uh, it, it was very bad with me trying to like, uh, get her to set up like double dates with just mm-hmm. like people that we barely know. Yeah. You were, you were trying to level jump. I was trying to level jump. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I just don't know why this concept isn't, you know, it's not in the, the Seinfeld Greatest Hits collection, you know, but I love this conversation. Uh-huh. And George uh, is using the occasion of a bris to hit on a woman, and he tells her, <laughs> you know, if you're, feeling, if you're feeling woozy, you know, I've been to a couple bris, so, you know, you can, <laughs> what, st- you can stick well, by me. What is the, what is the, plural, the pr- pluralization of bris? I, I'm saying it's bris. Uh, I've been to a couple is it, bris. Is it not just bris? Brisses. It's not Brie, is it? It's not Brie. Yeah, Brie or Brie's. <laughs> Br- or Br- Brissus's. Or, yeah, Br- or, yeah, like crises. Br- I've been to a couple Brises. <laughs> uh, yeah, so stick by me. I, I think I think uh, Briss is, it, it sounds yeah. right. I've been to a few Briss, yeah. Uh, but the woman turns out to be a cardiologist, so the sight of blood <laughs> or whatever happens is not going to affect her. Uh, and she pretty much shuts George down. Meanwhile, uh, Kramer is horrifying Myra with uh you know what he thinks of circumcision still mm-hmm. trying to talk her out of it and she's like bawling and ends up running out of the room with the baby <laughs> the moyle shows up the one that elaine has chosen and he's jumpy i mean someone makes a sound and yeah, he like we, we get a loud sound effect off camera and like as soon yeah. as he walks in and he's like oh my god i almost had a heart attack okay i'm better what's going <laughs> on I'm like what who is this dude it is is Fonzie their moil? <laughs> yeah, like like eighty year old Fonzie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's also irritable. Like he's yelling at everybody. He's just oh an asshole, God, really. Yeah, Th- this scene made me irrationally, irrationally <laughs> upset. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, it, the guy is playing him great. I mean, it's it's a great character because you're not supposed to like him, you know. And like so, that's true. I, I thought whoever they got, I was like, this guy must be an old comic or something because he's playing it like <laughs> he's just he's he's really hilarious. And you know, it's like everything you don't want in a moil. Now they have, you know, uh-huh. like he's he, he's twitchy and jumpy and irritable, and um, he's berating the parents about their baby cry. He can't stand crying babies. Yeah, yet that must be what he's around for his job, you know. <laughs> yeah, he he loses it on Stan and Myra tells them if you have any control over your child I suggest that you exercise it now yeah Jesus H dude Elaine puts a wine glass down on a table and he berates her about that he's like look where you put that wine glass why'd you put that wine glass there it's gonna not it's gonna fall over the glass will embed itself into the carpet you'll never get it out you'll be in your hands and knees (laughs) that and uh like even right before that Elaine just like simply asks him oh did you find the place okay oh could you send me to a more dangerous neighborhood I'm afraid someone's gonna steal my bag whenever I leave here and god forbid anybody call for help it's just three buttons on a phone Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's monologuing. He goes off on all these monologues. Oh, my God. Uh- uh, he, he drops his tool bag at one point. Um, he says that uh, 
you know, he he, uh, he should have been a kosher butcher like his brother because you make a mistake <laughs> on a cow and no one gets upset. You yeah, go on with your ca- life. Cows yeah. don't have families. Cows don't have families. Jesus. <laughs> Which indicates that he's made a mistake before during a bris and the family yeah. got upset with him. That's the way I took it. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he's like twitching as, he, as he's inching closer to the kid that Jerry is holding. And, and as he gets down there, George faints in a hilarious i mean his the plate of food he's holding goes up in the air and he just just falls flat on the ground which is hilarious because you know he was talking such a big game about being able to handle it earlier oh my god <laughs> uh, back in uh, george's car um the the roof is caved in so nobody can actually like sit up straight and george yeah. has to like hold part of the upholstery up with his hand while he's driving <laughs> yeah everyone's like elaine's got like her neck like cocked like yeah. to the left yeah. and, and jerry's like like really crouched down kramer looks like the only one who's comfortable yeah, yeah, he's sort of like laid back and then fine with it all. <laughs> the Moyle apparently circumcised Jerry's finger. <laughs> oh uh, God, I, I, I don't know how a circumcision works, so I don't know if it's like if they have just like a a, a tool that just clips something off, or if it's like he's got like a, a scalpel or something and actually has to cut something. No idea. Okay, we. I'm not we, gonna. I'm not gonna look it up for homework either. <laughs> we are not circumcision experts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I and I don't care to be. So uh, I'm fine with never knowing how that whole thing goes down. George finds another amazing spot uh, in front of the hospital and wants, you know, accolades for it and everybody to thank him and talk about how amazing it is. Mm -hmm. Inside the hospital, Kramer goes off to find Pigman one more time. And I love uh, so the Moyle walks out of a room and Jerry goes, oh, look, it's shaky. The Moyle. Yeah, that that was that was good. That was hilarious. And then the Moyle accuses Jerry of flinching when the circumcision was happening. And so they fight over that, and it gets physical. Like, they start slapping each other. Oh, my God, yeah. And and Uh, this guy, he's just so angry. He's just so easy to go off. Yeah, yeah. Very short fuse on the Moyle. So then Stan and Myra come out, and the baby's okay. Um, And I love this, too. The Moyle goes, oh, thank goodness the flincher didn't hurt the baby. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, and he yells at them all again, and then he ends up giving him his card before he leaves. Here's my card. Yeah, because he says, he's like, uh, I won't have you ruin my reputation. This is my life, my career, my livelihood. Here's my card. Yeah, yeah, and then walks <laughs> off. Just a, a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. One of the best one-off characters we've had uh, so I, far I, in the show. I want him to come back, but at the exact same time, I don't ever want to see this guy again. Yeah, yeah. It, w- it would ruin it. I don't think we see him again, but uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, meanwhile, Kramer goes running by, and he has the pig man on his back. You, piggyback. You, you just it's a piggyback. Ride. It is a piggyback. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you just <laughs> hear him yell, out of my way, and you just you see like a, a pinkish uh, figure on his back. You, you can't see the guy's face at all. No, no. But you're, you're led to assume that that is pig man. Yeah, because George does the the international sign for pig man. He like points <laughs> he that hold, direction he holds they his, went, and he, and he, he holds puts his, his nose, nose up like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back in Jerry's apartment, Jerry's finger is all wrapped up. It's all been fixed. He does his Brando again. Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> uh, and th- their friends buzz up. The uh, the flicks is that is that right? That's what I wrote down. Is I I think that's Santa Myra flicks. Okay, that's a, I think that's what I wrote that's an down. Odd yeah. name. Yeah, um, George uh, is talking on the phone. His car has been stolen, and the person he describes is a pig man. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he gets to that eventually. He's like, yeah, five foot tall, yeah, hairless, uh-huh. pink complexion, and Elaine like lifts her nose up, and George's like, 
looks like a pig. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> just say it. It's the pig man. It looks like a pig. Kramer enters. No applause this time, interestingly enough. And it, was, it wasn't it was a a pig man after all. George says to him, and he's like, no, it was just a fat little mental patient. <laughs> Jesus, H. <laughs> <laughs> then the flicks enter, Stan and Myra, and they, they say that Jerry and Elaine are both out as godparents. They they botched the bris so badly with Elaine hiring that awful, awful moil and Jerry uh, flinching or whatever during the uh, ceremony. Uh-huh. And um, we want Kramer. They want Kramer to be the godfather. Yeah, b- because Kramer showed them how much he cares about Steven. I'm, I'm guessing yeah, Steven yeah. is the kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they re- I think they said that in the beginning. Of, oh, of, did they? Of, okay. Yeah, the first scene. But it showed us how much he cares about Steven. And then the ending of this episode mimics the ending of the Godfather where they all go into Kramer's apartment and Stan <laughs> goes Godfather. And, uh, and Myra says something like that to the same effect. And, and then they close the door as Michael Corleone closes the door on um, what's her name? Diane Keaton oh, at the okay. end of uh, Godfather. And, and Michael Richards says a much better Godfather impression than Jerry does. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he go- he says, Jerry never go against the family or whatever. <laughs> that is the end of the episode. And we get one more stand-up bit. Jerry's finger is bandaged, by the way. We've always kind of questioned about where the stand-up happens. You know, it happens in, like, kind of a red room where Wait, time doesn't exist, J- you Jerry, know? Jerry's finger was bandaged in the stand-up? Jerry's finger was bandaged in the second and final stand-up, oh, not the first stand Oh, my God. Stand-up. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, At least I don't okay. think it was bandaged in the first one. But, no, it's bandaged in the second one. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we always kind of wondered. My, my contention was always that the stand-ups are happening the stand-ups are fast forwards uh-huh. from the episode. You know what I mean? So the, even the first stand-up bit happens after the episode we're about to watch, uh-huh. but that's not the case in, in this. Cause his finger was not bandaged. At least I don't remember it being bandaged in that Whoa. first uh, stand-up scene. I yeah, didn't yeah. even catch that. That's uh, that's, that's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting that they chose to do that. Um, and he's talking about how there's someone for every job, no matter what it is, uh, you know, shoveling up poop at the circus or whatever. Yeah. And if you're unemployed, it just means you're easily disgusted and you won't do that jo- job even if your family is starving. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. It sounds like more Republican talking points from it, the it, last episode. It really did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did. There was something about it that felt like eh, maybe the rich guy shouldn't be telling people what jobs to do. You know, it was, yeah. was kind of weird. <laughs> may, may, Something about it felt weird. May, maybe the guy who's definitely getting paid millions of dollars shouldn't like look at the middle class and say, "Yeah, oh, just work harder, work longer. Yeah. It's okay." Yeah, do a disgusting job. Uh, yeah. I don't see. Yeah, get off your high horse and get it. You know, uh, it, it just <laughs> felt. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe that's why I didn't like this. Like, because just watching it, not for any real reason. I'm just like, eh, this kind of sucks. Yeah, the stand-up bits were left definitely something to be desired. The uh-huh. first one, you know, never really got off the ground, and then the second one also was a is a concept that it was almost there was almost no jokes. He was describing bad jobs that nobody wants to do, and then he you know accuses people who can't find work of being too picky. Uh huh. You know, it's like, oh, Jerry, that just doesn't that just doesn't sound good. You, <laughs> did you are you listening to yourself? Yeah. You know? yeah. You're unemployed because you're too picky. You think you're too good for, for work. Like, oh, God, Cherry. <laughs> so that's all we got for this episode. Yeah, this uh, this episode went really quick. I think it's because it's a, a very action-packed episode. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't a ton of, yeah, there wasn't a ton of sitting around. There, it, it wasn't very contingent on dialogue. It was contingent on the action. Exactly. Happening. There wasn't, wasn't a lot of filler. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that being said, it it really wasn't one of my favorite episodes. It, really? it had its moments, like they all do. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I didn't uh, I didn't laugh out loud. The Pigman thing, I've never been a fan of. Okay. For some reason. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think I might like this one more than you do. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't again. I don't know if it's one of my favorites. Uh, but I I feel like it's definitely a strong point of season five so far. Yeah, it 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 had its moments uh, for sure. You know, it had it had some bright spots, but um, whether they added up to something that I'm like that I that I was just laughing out loud at. I guess maybe I'm like it. It just it maybe it was a bad thing that the puffy shirt came so early maybe. in season five because it has set such a high bar that I'm like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna reach the puffy shirt. <laughs> nothing's gonna measure up. Oh man, I uh, well. I... I, sh- should we leave it there? Should we keep droning on about it? I mean, it was a, a very quick, action-packed episode. I feel like it's very uh, v- very on-brand for us to have a very quick, action-packed episode discussing it. Yeah, that happens. All right. Uh, did we have any homework from this episode? I, I, we we got to go back and look at the candy bar from the Sniffing Account. Yes. Okay. That, that's, that, that's for certain. We got to do that because we got to wrap up this candy bar saga. Yeah, I, I will try to remember to do that before I watch the next episode. Okay. When I have Hulu open on the actual television screen and not like, you know, a, a tiny little screen. And, uh-huh. and uh, I'll, I'll try to get some definitive photographic proof as well if I can do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, was there anything else from this episode? I wanted to find out what that crowd noise was, which has nothing oh, to do with this right. episode. That's but right. I just thought okay. it would be a good addition to that scene where the guy lands on the roof of the yeah, car. Yeah, I, I like that. Okay. Um, anything else? I think that's it. All right. Did we want to come up with a better description? We can try. All right. So we had Jerry and Elaine agree to be godparents to a couple's newborn boy, but they're apprehensive about the duties they must perform at the baby's first religious ceremony. I mean, I see occasion to, I can see spots where it could be shortened, Mm -hmm. but it's tough to conceptualize. Maybe Jerry and Elaine are, maybe just Jerry and Elaine are apprehensive about their duties as new godparents. I like that. Actually, it's it's short, but it also says exactly what's going on without spoiling anything. Jerry, yeah. Jerry and Elaine are apprehensive about their duties as new godparents. Is that what you said? Yeah, we don't need anything about when they are asked by friends, blah, blah, blah. And religious yeah. ceremony, but it, it, that's all just kind of <laughs> extra stuff. Yeah, because I mean, the name of the episode is The Briss. You know yeah. that there's going to be a religious ceremony, the, the baby's first religious ceremony. That's four words you can cut out because the name of the episode says the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think we did it. All right, that was easy enough. Um, yeah. All right, so we we do actually have uh, Newman's mail sack coming from Fred Esposito, longtime fan of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Hello, Tim and Ted. Sorry it's been so long. I've written. I've been busy, and you guys have done well with your homework. I haven't had much to add. First off, congratulations to Ted on getting married, and Tim for the new job. Thank you, Fred. Thanks. Uh, a few notes on last season and the first few episodes of this season. You've mentioned how they don't say Jerry's mother's name too much. Her name on the show is Helen, and in real life, she used to date James Dean. Dang. I I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, what's uh, what was Jerry's dad's name? Um, Morty. Um, Morty, yeah. Mo- okay, Helen and Morty. There we go. There we go. Helen and Morty Seinfeld. That it doesn't sound like it would be <laughs> right. I don't know. What about Morty and Helen? It still sounds weird. Mor- <laughs> Morty and Helen. Seinfeld. Morty Seinfeld and Helen Seinfeld. 
I don't know. Uh, when the first episode with George's father airs in syndication, it's with Jerry Stiller. When Seinfeld went to syndication, they reshot the scenes with Jerry Stiller. Uh, it was only a few years since the original episode with John Randolph, and everybody looked relatively the same. There was such a big time lapse with the episode with Jerry's original father in season one, they left it in. I I, I wonder if uh, he, Okay. With, with so they Jerry's couldn't go back and father. reshoot. Yeah, th- there was such a big time lapse from that pilot episode to when they hired a new dad for Jerry that there was no point in going back because it would have looked weird if they redid reshot that scene. But, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was close enough to, to Jerry Stiller's hiring that they were like, oh, let's go back and reshoot that episode. So, yeah, we still don't know why the Randolph cut is on Hulu. Yeah, true. Nobody uh, can figure that out. Yeah, uh, he continues, in season four, the Farrelly brothers co-wrote the episode The Virgin. Last year, Peter Farrelly co-wrote the movie Green Book, which won Best, Os- which won Best Picture at the Oscars. I think we I think we mentioned that the Fairly Brothers I, wrote that episode. I, I think we did. It sounds familiar, but uh, that's uh, that's cool that uh, a, a Seinfeld writer uh, went on to do something like write Best Picture. But of course, the Fairly Brothers have done they did Dumb and Dumber and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. I think so. I mean, you're you're much more of a movie buff than I am. I think so. They they've done all they did all those dumb '90s comedies that uh, yeah. Uh, he he says uh, in season five, the guy who was the photographer when George was the hand model is the actor who played the guy on the phone in the Chinese restaurant when George screamed, "We're living in a society." <laughs> so this is kind of that double dipping that I was talking uh-huh. about earlier. So do you think it's the photographer was on the phone in the Chinese restaurant and then he ends up shooting George? No, later I, on. I, I think, no, I, I think this is definitely a case of just using the same extra twice. I don't see why it can't be the same character. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm always going to say it's the same character, except in a, in a case that I'm thinking of coming up. That, um, yeah. Uh, he also says that this was his comment about Rance Howard, which we yeah. t- which we touched on last week. Uh, I'll read it anyway. The old blind guy with the glasses in episode three was Rance Howard, father of Ron and Clint Howard. If you remember, Clint Howard was in season four episode uh, The Trip. By the way, this won't be the last time you see Rance Howard on Seinfeld. I think you mentioned that even earlier this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, the, and I got that from uh, Fred saying that we'd see him again. But yeah. um, how dare I? Le- I said I just said Rance Howard was the father of Ron Howard in the last episode. I, I can't believe I forgot that we've we've had a Howard on the show already, and that's Clint Howard who played the um, the <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, smog right. strangler. Yeah. What was it? Is that what it is? Yeah, the, the smog. I think it was the smog strangler. Yeah, I think it's the smog strangler, and uh, who who Jerry and George allow to escape when they uh, go see Kramer. Yeah. Uh, he also says, uh, you mentioned about Elaine calling Kramer a hipster doofus in episode three. That was a callback to the uh, episode 14 in season four of the movie, because that's the term the woman uh, who worked in the booth used to describe Kramer. Yes. Yeah, right. I knew we'd heard that before. And then one more note that I think you guys would find interesting. Season four, episode nine has a guest appearance by veteran comedy actor Bill Saluga. Bill is most known for a character he played in the late 70s and early 80s called Ray J. Johnson. The Simpsons and Family Guy made fun of the Johnson character. If you want something that was not offensive years back and would never be allowed today, then look up Ray J. Johnson. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> oh, I have to man. do that. Uh, well, we can add that to our homework. We'll look up uh, Ray J. Johnson on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, why not? Oh man! All right, I, I think uh, I think that's everything we got. Um, yeah. Man. Although, and Fred said that I hope you enjoy season five, as I feel it's the last great season of Seinfeld, oh, which is man. a bold statement. That's crazy. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Strong words. Strong words yeah. from Fred Esposito. Next week we got season five, episode six, the lip reader. Original air date October twenty eighth of ninety three. 
And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see George tries to capitalize on Jerry's date with a deaf woman. Hmm. I, that's, that's a strong synopsis, I got to say. Yeah, it's uh, it's short and sweet. I mean, that's what yeah. I like. That's what I like in the in the descriptions. If I don't have to click read more on the description, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really, I mean, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, how low is George gonna sink on this <laughs> upcoming episode? You know, really add some drama yeah, to yeah. already. Yeah, so I, I love it. All right, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it, right? I, I think so. Okay, awesome. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. 